Today's episode is brought to you by BS Productions. Be seen with BS Productions specializing in lifestyle photography and documentary style video productions. BS Productions can help you take your brand to the next level. Go to briannaspas.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-N-A-S-P-A-U-S-E.com. It's Tuesday, not Monday, like I usually put out episodes. Unfortunately, my iOS needed to be updated while I was in the middle of editing on Sunday, so I finished it on Monday, and now we have an episode with Rachel and David of the Philadelphia Secret Admirer. We talked about a brief history of the magazine, uh, the where the publication is now, where it started, uh, the content uh, contributing to advertising. Uh, We talked about Seltzer, obviously. Uh, You should follow them on Instagram at the Philadelphia Secret Admirer. And if you like to get reviews about different Seltzer flavors before you try them, they were awesome. They were great to sit down and talk about music, uh, about different life experiences, uh, and how that music connects us, uh, nostalgia with music. It was fun. I love the Philadelphia Secret Admirer publication. Uh, it's, they have great articles, great content, uh, and... I, I, I wholeheartedly back that we should be supporting independent publications and print, and you should go to their Kickstarter. It is the Philadelphia Admirer.com and contribute, donate uh, to that. And there's some really cool perks that they have up, uh, anywhere from advertisement, uh, ad space to t-shirts, pins, uh, past issues, future issues, books, uh, merchandise of all kinds. So you should check it out and contribute and share with your friends and contribute. Um, In a dying age of print, we should support the independent uh, publications. My dad would be very proud of me right now. Uh, He works for a newspaper and has my whole life and has instilled it in me that print is very important and we should appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This week is super busy. Well, this weekend. Um, The song on today's episode is by The Values. I played their song last week. This is a cover of Talking Heads' This Must Be The Place. I love a good cover song, if you know me, and I also love The Talking Heads, which you will know more about in my next episode with Corinne Dodenhoff that I also recorded the same day that I recorded with the Philadelphia Secret Admirer, Uh, but that will be out Friday, talking about Friday and the values. They will be playing at Trafalmador, the house show in the house venue in South Philly that's run by Maddie Clouser of Secret Nudist Friends. Uh, they, I will actually be recording 
at the house with the values um, and doing an episode with them, which I'm excited. And you should go to the show. I have put the link to the event in the description. So all you have to do is click on that, copy and paste if it doesn't hyperlink. Um, And yeah, come out, enjoy, support uh, local music and traveling bands. On Saturday, March 2nd, I will be recording kind of a live show at an event in West Philly. It's called Untethered. It is a benefit concert. Uh, It is a night of art, music, and healing as we, as they invite sexual assault and abuse survivors and those who would like to support survivors. They um, there will be musical performances throughout the night, an art gallery, and po- poetry. The concert will take place at a private venue in West Philly um, so that all survivors who do attend uh, and feel safe and protected, uh, we are not giving out the address, but if you want the address, please feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram at Show Me Your Playlist. Uh, and... Mm. I will also post the link in the episode description for this event. Uh, It's a $5 suggested donation and 100% of the donations will go directly to war. Um, And yeah, there is a lot of art and performances. Taylor will be playing this event. Um, It is, it's really nice that it's going to be focusing on positivity and healing Um, While the topic is very heavy and people will be free to share their experiences and stories, if at any point throughout the night things get too heavy for individuals or you need some time alone, there will be a private room set up to step away and kind of relax in. Uh, Come out, support this event, and this will be kind of my trial of live shows. What I want to do is I want people to come out at shows while I'm there and recording and to sit down with me and we'll make a collective playlist of the night of all of our songs. Uh, This, that night I'm going with a theme. I will be interviewing in the beginning Sienna Everett uh, and getting to know more about the event and how the event came together. And then I will have anyone who wants to contribute throughout the night, a song, uh, that they would put on a playlist for to overcome anything. Songs that you would put to help you overcome any challenge presented, to comfort, empower, prevail. Um, I'm excited. It's a test run for me. Uh, And then I will also be recording with Nate Hurst, and I will be recording uh, with Brandon Zecker, Uh, I hope I said his last name right. He is a PR publicist, TV host uh, in Philly. And yeah, I'm excited. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Please rate and review on Apple iTunes. Share your Spotify episode with friends if you're listening to it on Spotify Um, just share in general, follow me on show me your playlist.
that's my dog Harley crying because it's two in the morning and I'm recording this and not paying attention to her. Um, but yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram at show me your playlist, tag us. If you're listening to new music, tag me if you're listening to new music and yeah, share. Thanks. And I have Rachel and David of the Philadelphia Secret Admirer on today. Uh, we are going to be discussing some music and the Philadelphia Secret Admirer. How would you each describe the publication? Well, I think the way we recently had to give the definitive answer to that, which we co-wrote, I guess, mm-hmm. and it was a vital periodical in Philadelphia. I like that. Yeah, vital. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the admirer has been around for about ten years. It started with you, David. Yeah, it uh, started down in Athens, Georgia. Okay. And I mean, really, the secret admirer as it is right now mm-hmm. started last year. Okay. Uh, the yeah. magazine. That's when Rachel and I started working together, and uh, we kind of we used the name of the secret admirer that mm-hmm. I did before. Okay. And it has a lot of my writing still, so it's very similar. But it's, I would say, uh, fundamentally a different project. Yeah. And like a. The Secret Admirer started about 10 years ago, but before that, I mean, I had a, def- I had a thing called Farewell, and, okay. and before that, I had, uh, you know, I just, I've always been doing something like this. Do you come from a writing background? Um, n- no, I, I guess I, I was in school okay. uh, studying just various things, and mm-hmm. I had a writing teacher who, a uh, creative nonfiction, who said, you could probably succeed in the world of writing but you're probably not going to figure out how to do that in school yeah so if you want to drop out and just go to a newspaper somewhere I'll give you a fake job recommendation that's amazing so I dropped out of school and moved to Georgia and mm-hmm. started working for a free weekly okay so yeah that's I guess probably that would... the best advice any yeah <laughs> college professor could give um, oh for real it was very honest especially when you're in a a program that you realize that like you don't always need a Educa- like a, a college education for it. I mean, especially especially people our age, like I've learned more off YouTube and Skillshare yeah. and <laughs> platforms like that than I ever did oh, yeah. in a classroom. Uh, unfortunately, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I found you guys last year around the summertime. Um, the magazines. I was at Martha's and one of yeah. my friends grabbed it and was like, "Okay, you're really weird and you like this stuff, <laughs> so you should read it." And it instantly kind of caught my eye. Um, what would be the the brief history of you two um, meeting, starting, and kind of evolving The Secret Admirer into what it is as a magazine? I guess our friendship and our, our knowing each other is really kind of, uh, it's all predicated upon The Admirer. Yeah. That's really most of how we came to know each other. Um, well, so I was living in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. Our first interaction, I had seen the old blue Secret Admirer, which is a different project than what the Admirer is now. Mm-hmm. But it it is totally like the the DNA of what it is now. Like I definitely use that as a huge jumping off point for everything I've done with okay. the Admirer. And you are you I are, are direct. Yeah. yeah. So you do all of the do you do a lot of the layouts? I do and... all the layouts. Okay. <laughs> and um I draw the covers and, um, yeah. So who is Leon Wolf? What is Leon Wolf's? Oh, the Wolf, Leon Wolf is, um, a stamp Mm -hmm. 
That really David should tell that. <laughs> so, uh, are you familiar with the Coffee News? Yeah. Okay, the Coffee News, uh, for any listeners that aren't familiar, is basically a free weekly that looked a lot like The Secret Admirer. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, uh, it had real garbage content. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it was like a... Um, like, here's a funny story about a bank robber that, like, fell down some stairs yeah. and landed on a pile of money, you know. Just real, like, weird stories from around the world about Scottish burglars and, and bees and things. And uh, I used to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would seek it out everywhere. Yeah. But I kind of got to this point where I was like, this could be so much better. So I decided to kind of, like, just completely rip them off mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 like, do it better. And... <clears throat> I was originally going to call it the Athens Admirer. Oh, okay. Uh, just kind of like, you know, how uh, weeklies, papers usually have like, you know, like, oh, the Inquirer or mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the Sleuth or whatever. And I was walking through Hobby Lobby and I saw this rubber stamp. And uh, the, the mascot of Coffee News is just this little dude wearing a check suit. Yep. And I was like, oh, that wolf could kick that dude's ass. <laughs> and picked it up and used that. And now that's <laughs> a staple. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. It's um, a wolf tattoo. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, I f- talking about the coffee news is how I think the horoscopes in it, except 10 times better. Like, it's just like either a tragic story or like something personal and then like a one line quote to inspire you. Yeah. It's really good. It's, it's really, it has a really good idea. And yeah. It, it's just like, it, it has this great Base, but yeah. it just, I was like, oh, you could do so much more with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I found out a lot of Virgos, there are a lot of serial killers that either get <laughs> caught or are born in the time span of Virgos. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you guys also tackle interviews on a mm-hmm. monthly basis. How do you guys go about choosing? Do you have, like, a draw from a hat? Do you kind of know? No. I, I mean, it's every issue has, like, a little bit of a loose theme. Mm-hmm. Um and it's usually if like if we find an artist that um is kind of like doing stuff we think is cool maybe like fits in with the theme a little bit and um it's there's no process to it we just are sort of like hey let's like i saw this oh this is cool yeah let's see if they want to do the interview and i i mean i have a couple people at any given time that i have approached about it Mm -hmm. Very few people have ever said no or been like super disinterested. Yeah, I mean, I mean, can. I'm assuming you're you're choosing people that are that fit in with like the content. I mean, yeah, of, but yeah. also sometimes people are like busy and it's like time. It's like some a time commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really, but it's like it takes us like two hours, but it's like finding the time that works and, like, for they you. Have, and yeah, them. they have to like send us art. With the monthly, a lot of shit was happening like really last minute. So it was like, oh, do you want to do this thing? Okay, do you have like a free like night to like let us just like in- be really like invading of your space kind of mm-hmm. like this week? Yeah. And like <laughs> that can kind of like, that can kind of be a lot, you know? It, de- so, it definitely can be. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, Talking about the content that you put in there, so it, a lot of times with the monthly, like you had the staples, um, overheard and dude watch. How is that kind of like your ICU or like misconnections? Like overheard is something we've been doing for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and that was just I uh, I kind of wanted to make the weekly something intentionally that encouraged conversation yeah. in bars or coffee shops, and I feel like the overheard section is something that's very commonly shared between people. Oh yeah. 
And um, uh, Dude Watch is, is someone else's project uh, okay. in town that I just approached and asked if they wanted to collaborate for a little while. Oh, nice. You also, for content-wise, what is your process of like putting together an actual publication? So everyone submits all this random stuff throughout the city, whether it's art, comics, articles, stories. And then you guys kind of have like a loosely based theme that you want to go with. And then you kind of start pulling from that. The theme's real loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and comics are handled. We have a, a friend, yeah. our friend Josh O'Neill okay. in West Philly is the comics editor. Oh, nice. He's very well connected. And okay. so, so he deals with comics. For yeah, the most, mo- part. most of the comics are come through Josh. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, I guess, well... There's sort of like, there's like a bench of, of repeat contributors, mm-hmm. but we also don't want like the same stuff in every issue. So there's all, that goes for like art and written content. Yeah. Then there's, um, David also pretty much always contributes like a feature length yeah. piece at least. And, um, there's, or our managing editor, Emily Centipede, um, <laughs> Like, once I know what the content is looking Mm -hmm. like, I will kind of go through um, illustrators that I'm interested in or have submitted or that I've worked with and kind of be like, do you have time to, like, do a thing by this day? Like, let's do this. Do you... Or, like, I saw your work on Instagram. Like, would you be interested in working with us? Mm -hmm. Like, you want to do this thing? And sometimes it's submissions, sometimes it's people that I have seen their work, like, online or at a show yeah. or whatever, and sometimes... Yeah, you met a lot of people at the Tattooed Mom art shows, it seems. Yeah, some, yeah, totally. I love the Tattooed... I love the Jerks production uh, yeah. monthly shows they, that they have. They directed or shot or whatever our Kickstarter video. I love the video and the backdrop. I love just the constant like pan to you of, as if it's like a night like 1-800 yeah. number. That's exactly <laughs> what we were going for. I loved it. It was really good. I uh, One of my first art shows was actually uh, with Nate Hurst, the Jerks Productions. It was for the Star Wars art show, which oh, cool. I was yeah. really pumped about. That was like my first and all of them have been like really nice and accepting what it is is i just love a good theme and they really can like produce yeah. great themed art shows they do um i yeah i really like them a lot they and they're great they're i mean we've become like friends with them they're they working with them was awesome did they approach you or did you approach them I, for we I talked to, I think that I approached them about us doing one of their shows okay. with Secret Admirer stuff and and around that time um we were we had just decided to do the Kickstarter mm-hmm. so I talked to them and I was like and I had had a few conversations with um Brandon and Jill and I think I was talking to Brandon and I was like so, like, you've seen, like, what our magazine looks mm-hmm. like, and, like, you get this, like, aesthetic, like, and, I mean, I think that your, like, kind of horror movie um, aesthetic can kind of, like, do what we're trying to do yeah. like, with that, like, do you want to work on this thing? And they were, like, all about it. Oh, that's great. So, and they did an excellent job. They did. It, it's exactly, like, you can look at right it <laughs> at thephiladelphiasecretadmirer.com. Yeah. Uh, so, talking about your Kickstarter, I want to know, because now... I don't know how you both produced 
a monthly magazine completely do it yourself every month and that much content. Yeah, it was difficult. So you guys put that all together, distribute it. Now you're going into, you started the Kickstarter. What was your idea basis of like stopping monthly? Um, Financially and like workload wise. Yeah. We're both really great at the like, let's make this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's basically like lock ourselves in this room for like the next few days and like make this thing. Okay. When we're like, when we were like feeling good about it. <laughs> and um, it's like the admin stuff, like answering emails about people wanting ads, mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff that is, <laughs> that is also like super necessary yeah. to like keep it going. Like neither of us are in this to do that. Yeah. Like it has to be done and to any like creative job, there's always like a shitty admin part. There is. And that's usually huge. It's the, the financials of of putting out the magazine every month where it's like so you really only have like three weeks and then mm -hmm. it's like once you get through all that shit and like you have like your contribution together yep it's like you're kind of always scrambling to like try and like get it together so we figured if we switched to quarterly we could the quarterly issues are much longer mm -hmm. so it's about the same amount of content like, it's three months worth of content, content, which is what we like. Yeah. With one month-ish worth of admin work. Yeah. Well, that's kind of good. That's a great balance. Um, so you're going for, so you're still anticipating putting out just as much content as if you were monthly, More but just in one Right. Issue. Yeah. And we're kind of sprinkling the, uh, the old blue issues out now. Oh, okay. too, yeah. So. I saw that. Um, yeah, those are fun. They are. What, uh, for what type of content is in the blue issue versus... The monthly issue, like what's different? Would you say it's no. <laughs> it's, it's kind of just condensed, really. okay? Like, because there's one crossword puzzle, yeah. There's a little bit of overheads, mm -hmm. horoscopes, and then usually just some like fun, fun stuff, some yeah. coupons. Oh, really? And uh, there's a seltzer review in this one because just, yeah. You know. I like that you're. So whose idea was the seltzer? Oh, I just started doing it <laughs> one night. I found so it, I started doing it in. We have an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Like, no one is doing the admirer to have to, like, be on the fucking internet. That's, yeah. like, not really what we're about. I so, understand. like, we always, we never <laughs> really took the Instagram account that seriously. I mean, we are a little bit more now because of the Kickstarter yeah, and stuff. Yeah, of course. But it's still, like, we're both just, like, this is a fucking hellscape. But, like, Hootsuite makes your life so much easier. Yeah, uh, that's... <laughs> What? Um, but there, so the Instagram stories, I, I drink a lot of seltzer you do. and I just was like, I'm just going to start reviewing seltzer I'm drinking in the Instagram stories. But it's great because everyone loves seltzer now. There is, yeah. I found, I found the post, um, because I found the post from months ago that says like, all of our Instagram stories will be my personal seltzer reviews from now on. You're welcome. That was completely a joke. joke. And now everyone's like anticipating. And but yeah, we get a lot of emails about them, like or messages, I guess. And I like run into people all the time that say they like them. I mean, I guess it's cool. It's it's definitely something people can connect to. So everyone has short attention spans. Yeah. No. What. So 
So what seltzer do you both hate and which seltzer do you absolutely love? I really I really don't like the the bubbly uh, raspberry. I gave that a I gave that one star. Yeah, David oh, reviewed that. I have not tried the bubbly seltzer yet and I am not everyone keeps saying it's not, that it's not great. Listen, it's not great and this is why. Um one of one of the things that I don't I haven't really talked about much um, in the seltzer reviews online or in print is that the the real thing that makes seltzer good or bad is how it's carbonated. Agreed. And the bubbly is carbonated, so it's made by Pepsi, first okay. of all, so like, fuck uh, that. Yeah. Also, it's carbonated like Pepsi. So super It's like It's like tiny bubbles or something. It's just like, it's, their flavors just are all sort of like off. The can is like over. They like include all these adorable like design elements that like you would think that I would think is like great mm -hmm. because like the way I design stuff is kind of like how many more stupid details can I fit in here? Like the and tab, the tabs yeah. like smile baby. Yeah, the tab. Are you serious? <laughs> There's like a thing on the side. It's like this over-designed like color. Like it's. I'm, it I'm not in it. Into I I wish it did. I right. think it would be at least a little bit more pleasant, right? I'm not into their aesthetic really, but yeah, it's the carbonation is really where bubbly kind of falls apart for me. Polar makes really good. So they. Uh, make little tiny cans and they have like oh the mythic flavors yes the mythic flavors are, are where it's at that yeah. is great art on a can oh yeah I ordered uh, I ordered Rachel the, the four pack of mythic polars off of eBay last year oh yeah. really <laughs> they were good so really all you have to do is just take a trip upstate New York and you can yeah. get all of them Polar is always going to be my favorite. So, I'm from New England, and Polar is really okay. big up there, too. It is, and I didn't realize that Polar wasn't a thing across the rest of the country until I moved to Ohio. They're just getting into it. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I, I lived in Colorado, and it's like, you can get, like, LaCroix, which is my least favorite. I mean, LaCroix's weird. <laughs> I can get into some flavors. I drank it. All the time when I lived there, my oh, house did. was full of Lacroix boxes. I if there's, there's no other else, seltzer. if there's no no other seltzers, then you have to go with it. I don't hate the cola one, and oh, I, I don't do. even like I don't even like soda. I like the cola one, and I, I haven't tried that. Well, it's not seltzer. Oh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not seltzer if it's cola. <laughs> um, and they're. Uh, they have like the the thin can ones. The like oh, yeah, some of those are good. Those are decent, but the other ones, I you can't. like a lot of them. The Europhiliac. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, the I mean, I'll so, say yeah. this about Lacroix though: the design of that can is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire life. Do you enjoy like the '80s kind of Art yes. Deco style? There's, of, it's perfect. It like. <laughs> That can is perfect. It's just simply like vintage enough, but not too overdone. And because just... it's not, they're not. Tr they weren't going for irony. No, it's like earnestly designed like that. <laughs> it is. And it's like, I mean, also like being a graphic designer coming from like a screen printing background, mm -hmm. like not even like cool designy screen printing, like just regular screen printing. Yeah, is like if it could be called graphics. <laughs> I'm probably into it. Yeah, just very and like, yeah, like Or graphics with like an S. The Trapper Keeper vibe. Yeah. Ooh, I like the Trapper Keeper vibe, yeah. But yeah, like that, um, that can is incredible. 
Um, why 30,000 as a goal? It costs us about, it's gonna cost us about uh, 15,000 an issue to make. Okay. So, and we're selling ads above and beyond, mm -hmm. and I have a little bunny squirreled away. Yeah. So if we can get to 30, I'm confident. I'm, I know we can do the whole year. Yeah, it's that's just awesome. kind of It's just so we don't have to focus on, on like scrabbling money together for the first two big issues okay. as much. Yeah. And and I really like, I, I believe so strongly in the quality and like how amazing this first issue is mm -hmm. going to be. Like it's really going to be the best thing we've ever done that I, I just... I know once we get this out here, we're going to get more attention and it will be very easy. I think that's saying a lot because I think the last issue is just coming from like a graphic design world and I've worked in publications is that for being a DIY like two person kind of running job, it's a really good publication. Hey, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. We are, we are the, uh, the avatar of zines. For, and it's free, like that to me. It, so what was why is it so important for you to stay free and like? Oh, it's, it will it will always be free. It has yeah. to stay free. It's, I, I just want anyone to be able to get it. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. want to gatekeep the thing that we're producing, and uh, you know it's not if we make a quality product like mm -hmm. the advertising money is there. Yeah. So oh, it's for like, sure. So when thinking of advertisers, I know that you are I very specific about who you will accept as and like right. It's just more we have like a couple of a couple of things we wouldn't yeah really, you know. we're not that specific it's not like an exclusive club to advertise with no, us like, yeah we're pretty we're pretty open to like if there's just stuff that like we are just like not into promoting <laughs> as as like as a free thing that I mean we do there is like an element of community to it and whatever it's like we don't want to promote things that we think it seems counterintuitive to have our advertisers and funding come from things that are mm -hmm. like actually damaging to that community. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't advertise in any way for like any kind of large scale meat agriculture operation. Yeah. I'm just I have no interest in promoting that at yeah, all. Yeah, of course. Or giving purchase on my pages to that Yeah. That that's brand fair. of hell. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean I'm, also if we won't do sponsored content. Oh right. That's, oh yeah. Okay. People have tried. It's like I my my agree. Like I'll write sponsored content, mm -hmm. but it's going to have sponsored content at the top. Oh really? It's like I don't it's slip it in. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't do have, like uh, secret ads. People have requested that I do something really? like. Well, that's kind of funny because it's secret admirer yeah. and secret ads, but. Like people, because I, I occasionally will write a piece, or one of us will write a piece that kind of takes place somewhere. Okay. And I've had people request. It, writing from the look from a certain location oh, kind of okay. including their location in a piece that i'm writing okay so in exchange for money like if there's a bad date at a coffee shop Something, you're going to yeah. use like the coffee shop as the just location a, like you know just a piece like where someone is sitting okay. in a certain coffee shop or something oh like product yeah. placement and i and i basically said oh, like does sure does that feel awkward while writing well, i said like, sure i said i said yeah. i <laughs> I said I would do it, but I'm going to say that it's sponsored content. Like I'm going to say that you're paying being, me for this. Being honest, yeah. And, and they they didn't want to do it. Just I feel like in particular that we, um, not to like blow our own horn too hard or anything, but I think that we kind of have cultivated a relationship with a certain audience and readership mm -hmm. that's uh, it's based on like a kind of a, a vulnerable honesty. Yeah. And I think it would be particularly perverse to kind of like throw advertising in there secretly. I can respect that. And I think that I think that. People that really kind of resonate with it know that. Yeah. And yeah. They, they just, they trust that we wouldn't do that. And then you are advertising.
advertisers are like places that we like go and hang out mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. And it's like if you're gonna advertise, like yeah, every business needs to advertise, like have it be just like a fucking ad. Yeah. Or you know, pay for sponsored content and I'll write a beautiful thing about your place. But yeah. Like, I'm going to say that. Well, like <laughs> a review. Yeah, people, exactly. People will still read it. People have asked us, um, I mean, we also like offer to design ads for people too, if they want. Oh, that. I mean, yeah. if someone needs, needs the ad to be, um, like they just don't have design on staff, mm-hmm. or if they're like, hey, I like the style of the magazine, like could you sort of make it like match that? Yeah. Like no problem. Oh, that's good to know. But, but yeah, like... That and that's cool, but it's still like an ad. <laughs> what is so coming from something where people can submit tons of information to you throughout the city, whoever picks it up, which has to be just like weird and kind of like exposed at all times. What is the weirdest thing anyone has might have asked or like submitted to the oh lord <laughs> that just kind of made you like stop and think and be like, huh did not think that you would share that much information or, like, ask that of us. Hmm, let me think. Okay. Well, I mean, on the positive end of the spectrum, we've had people, like, propose in, mm. in like, ad spaces. Oh, that's adorable. Which is cool. But uh, I guess um, I, I have had people who have wanted to put in unblock me, you coward, style messages to other people who they know read really? the admire. Yeah. <laughs> Like a like a little attack, like hey, just like a little paragraph, like hey you, like you know, and just like oh, that's really. I guess like two people had airing a, out dirty an laundry internet relationship <laughs> fight, and then they got blocked, and so they're like oh, <laughs> so, oh, that's so funny. And it was someone who no longer lived in Philadelphia who was like, this is the only way I can get this message to this person, and I just ended up kind of coaching them like hey. <laughs> Hey, maybe you don't do that. Yeah, maybe this isn't really... <laughs> you thought that this was the path that you wanted to go down, and I don't think this is quite How the, about you just vent to me for a second, and yeah. then forget about it? Let it all out, <laughs> and then go on with your day. Oh, that's good. Uh, before going into your playlist, uh, you both created for me. I want to know which was each of yours first album, tape, or CD. Oh, so we talked about this the other day, and both of us was uh, Green Day's Doogie. That's great. Did you get, so I have to ask you both, did you, when you bought this, because fun fact, uh, Green Day, Doogie, the cassette tape, that I remember, I don't think it was the first cassette tape that I ever acquired, but I remember it's the first one that I can, like, remember using my own money for. Did you get the pillowcase? No. There was a pillowcase. I, I had... didn't get the pillowcase, but I had a friend who did. I got a poster. Oh, nice. Uh, I just I, I just remember having, like, the tape, and then I feel like at some point, because it was, like, that some awkward moment in history, <laughs> I think I ended up, like, rebuying a CD. Oh, yeah, yeah. where, like, yeah. cassette tapes were kind of, like, being obsolete. Like, you were kind of not cool if you still had a Walkman and you had to get like a CD player Walkman. Right, but when that when that album Tape came out, yeah. <laughs> I I hate CDs. I like I'm on the, I'm very anti-CD. I am right there with you on that one. You're like, not going to I like argue banned it. them from a print shop I worked at. Really? <laughs> but yeah, like I was like if you come in here with stuff on a CD, like I don't want to talk to you. I took horrible care of my CDs. Right, that's the problem. It's right? like if you like if you like look at it the wrong way and start skipping. Right. Do not give me something that one costs like $25 to buy 
and then I can just tear it up, and there's no need to actually care for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they got real cocky with their prices yeah, for a second. They, 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 really they were like $29 mm-hmm. sometimes for a CD. It's like, I, come on now. And there was no way of researching certain bands at that point unless you read about it in like a zine. Or you got one and, of those magazines that like put out a mixed CD every month that was yes. like one song from each band that put out an album that they reviewed or whatever. Record label compilation albums yeah. were yeah. real big, like yeah. if you got it. But I always would look inside the CD jacket and be like, okay, who did this band thank? And then whoever came up as a band name, I was like, okay, so they like went on tour with them, so they yeah. had to have been like somewhat good, right? So I'm just going to go buy that. $30 in like 96 was a real gamble. Right, that's the other thing is tapes <laughs> yeah. were like $10. Yeah. So when C- even when CDs were like gaining popularity, it's like if you were like 11 or whatever, yeah. you can like you can buy like a tape with like your allowance. Yeah. Or whatever. Exactly. Or like cream money. <laughs> my dad was really cool and young when he had me with my mom and he was a member of this group of people that they whenever they found good music, mm-hmm. they'd send it to this guy named Willie, who was like the hub of their group of friends. Okay. There were like 40 or 50 of them like around the world. And then every month, Willie would listen to all of them and make um, mixtapes of all of the best stuff and then send everyone a mixtape of all the best stuff. What? That and, is like the coolest idea and ever. My, my dad has this suitcase in the basement that's like this big and just full of Willie tapes, as he calls them. That's great. And I love that his name's Willie. Uh, and... I That's thought, like I, I grew up great... thinking Willie was like a famous radio personality or something. It's <laughs> just like some English guy my dad knows. That's great. <laughs> That's so awesome. I am going to play a song by The Values. They are a band in Brooklyn that will be here Friday, March 1st at Trophomador. Uh That is Maddie from Secret Nudist Friends uh, house venue. They, uh, Mason and Evan, I will be sitting down with them actually at the day of their show, uh, recording an episode and I wanted to play another song. Uh, it is a cover of This Must Be The Place by The Talking Heads and I love a good cover and I love The Talking Heads. Go along, feet on the ground, 
So this is the music portion of the podcast. Um, do either of you guys make playlists on your own without being like asked by me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, I feel like being, working on the publication is like, you have to have some sort of like music playing or some some sort of like background noise. I I actually don't really make playlists that much. Really? Um, I, okay, so at a certain point I realized that when there's certain, like, tasks I do where I, like, need to have music on, mm-hmm. and a lot of the songs on my playlist I made for this are, like, kind of, like, weird, like, out there shit, but yeah. it's, like, this is the song I listen to when I'm doing this thing. So it's, like, for a specific task? Kind of. Or just, like, one of the songs that I, like, went for, like, a month where, like, this is the song I would put on in the car when I was, like, coming to the studio Mm -hmm. to, like, pump myself up to, like, make an admirer. It's, like, that kind of stuff. But I feel like I listen to entire records more. Okay. I can get behind that. But also when I'm, like, doing... Even if I only like, like, two of the songs... (laughs) But when I'm doing, um, when I'm doing like art stuff a lot, I realized a few years ago that sometimes having music on, I get like too into it, and it like, it like changes the whole like look of the thing I'm making like too much. As if you're absorbing the kind of like mu- what you're yeah, listening or like, to. and then if the song ends, it like it's like a record scratch and it like <laughs> completely like fucks me up. And so I actually listen to like. A lot of, like, kind of, like, stupid TV on in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. Something that you can zone out, but it's still playing, yeah, like, like, you white to noise. watch it. Yeah. Like, sitcoms. Okay. Frasier. Frasier. is a big one. Party of Five. There's actually, like... I I know what TV I was listening to for, like, every issue of The Admirer. Really? And it definitely... And sometimes it kind of, like, comes through. Like, <laughs> there's one where I was, like, re-watching fucking Mad Men. Oh, and like, was it very like '60s, '70s inspired? I mean, it just is like there's like a designy vibe that I can like kind of feel looking at it. That like maybe no one else can, but like you know that that was playing in the yeah. background. Yeah, and I was like thinking about because I mean, Mad Men definitely. If you watch it as a person that's like a graphic designer, or really like anybody, I mean, that show's incredible. But um, it's did like, you enjoy how it ended? Yes. Yes. I loved it. I always love knowing how people feel about the ending of a series, especially something so iconic like Mad Men and people who kind of stuck through it. Because I feel like there's a large portion of people who started it and then stopped. Yeah. And then went back to revisit. And then there's the, like, loyalists. I accidentally saw the first episode of that show. Like, I was, like, I lived at my mom's house for, like, a month Mm -hmm. when it came out in the summer. Oh, AMC is doing shows like this now. And I was, like, maybe this will be cool. And I watched it, and I was, like, holy shit. And then, like, a year later, everyone's, like, have you seen this show, Mad Men? And I was, like, yes! (laughs) So it was such a great show to start. But also just the fact that it's, like, about advertising. And, like, a lot of that comes through is, like, so interesting to me. And, I mean, I think it probably is to everyone. But, yeah, I mean, that show's great. Also, there's an entire issue that I was, like, listening to fucking Party of Five. So like we really, I it's really so more nineties. Really the whole gamut. Yeah, like that show is so much fucking drama and it's so horrible. 
What about you? You do you make playlists? Do you uh, yeah, buy um, something? Music to me uh, has a very important uh, part of the actual the raw writing process. Mm -hmm. um, I, I write a lot for uh, for the content yeah. in addition to kind of like aggregating other people's content, mm -hmm. and that's um, the part that I get the most passionate about, and the part that I identify identify with the most is actual creating of writing. Like mm -hmm. that's really that's when I'm in the moment and when I really feel like I'm doing what I want to do with my yeah. life is when I get in like that's just like transcendent moment for me when I'm writing something and I'm really feeling it. Yeah. And music to me, um, for so for that reason, mm -hmm. I included a lot of what I listen to while I'm writing and a lot of that is uh, um, uh, vocal lists. Yeah. Or lyric lists, like a kind of just like kind of ambient uh, Right off vocals. the bat, yeah, you had, I was going to ask you that, is that a lot of times writers say that they'll put on either a foreign language like music uh, or even foreign language music, if they're clearly articulated words, takes a little bit of the attention, attention of the part away. of my brain okay. paying attention to words. Okay. And but then, I, I think of music as kind of like a, like I'll start writing and, and I'll think of um, songs almost as like spicing, like seasoning yeah. in the pot for how I'm writing. And it can kind of, I can kind of um, warp the direction I'm going in slightly. And I, I tend to have a playlist going mm -hmm. at times, These, but uh these are all songs I've included that I have at one time or another, like just put one song on repeat for like an hour and listen to it over and over again while I'm working on something. I So you, you can do one song over and over and over? Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, <laughs> I kind of can too, actually. I can do it for maybe, maybe like two hours, maybe like an if hour. If I'm like in a depending. group with something, like if I'm like drawing or something and like that's the song that like put me there, it's, I can't stop, stop listening, listening to, to it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> I, you started off the playlist, David, with like the ethereal soundscape, um, Juliana Barwick's Furic, and then you had Ratatat, um, in there, which is like a rock electronic instrumental, instrumental music talking about like the lyric list, uh, there, I, when I think of like instrumental songs, I will like gear towards, uh, explosions in the sky and like Russian circles. And stuff I've had like a lot of, uh, a lot of time with those bands as well. Yeah. And if I had a longer list, I would have included, included explosions, like six <laughs> days at the bottom of the sea or something. Yeah. They're a really great band. Have you seen any of the bands that you've put on either of you? Have you seen any bands that you've put on the playlist? You put a lot of Most of mine are from like the 80s, 80s and 70s. Yeah. But no no what about you oh yeah. yeah i've seen a couple well i've seen other bands that i think at least one of them has been in i yeah I, i've seen i've seen ratatat uh, i've seen uh mgmt i love mgmt they're just fun yeah there's some dancing that happens in the studio right there at least from you there's always like there's like oh, a yeah, video yeah, yeah, of you yeah. dancing mm -hmm. so i feel like MGMT and Kishibashi that was on your yeah. playlist are like staples for mm -hmm. dancing. Yeah, um, um, but but yeah, like I I tend to when I'll when I'm out and about or hear a certain I'm a big Shazam person. Oh. Like if I'm in a store and I hear a song I like that makes me feel a certain way, or I'm, you know, some I I really heavily attach things to yeah. certain moods. So every song on that list has like a different element mm -hmm. of a mood so if i'm trying to evoke a certain mood i can kind of summon a little bit more of it by, yeah by going to a certain song it's almost like a palette for me like I oh can... rachel you had like talking about it you had a lot of like older 60s 70s bands on here and 80s 
How would you describe your music taste? Okay. Um, I don't really, I don't know. Um, I usually, I, I like rap music usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, I really, I honestly, I just want every band to be their moons. Okay. Like, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. But then also, but like, I, I guess David Bowie and the Velvet Underground mm-hmm. are like kind of just my favorite music ever and always will be. And like, I mean, there's like fucking 30 David Bowie albums. Like, I could just listen to David Bowie. Oh. That's what, I think that's our hardest overlap. Yeah, yeah, is David Bowie. Yeah, I okay. didn't include any David Bowie because I knew she would. She would. <laughs> I, I could have made the entire playlist David Bowie. Just uh, I also could have made the entire playlist all Fast Ramon songs. But David Bowie, you are very specific with, like, it has to be off, it has to be the live track for... Well, that's the ones that I actually listen, listen to. to. <laughs> on, that's what would be on the playlist. I like, I like live recordings in general. That particular... So, I know one of the live recordings on there is that Velvet Underground song. Yep, What Goes On. And um, that... So, that particular track is the one I will put on a lot because, first of all, it's, like, ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. It also, like... There, that version, it, like, almost turns into this weird, like, rock drone music. It does. And, like, I just remember, I mean, I've always loved the Velvet Underground. I remember, actually, the first time I ever heard that band. I was, like, in high school, and my friend put it on, and, or, like, somebody was, like, going through, like, a rough, a rough breakup, like, in high school, and... My friend was kind of, like, giving them shit about it. It might have even been me. I can't remember. <laughs> and was, like, put on Who Loves the Sun. Oh, and I'm yeah. just, like, what's this? <laughs> like, head turned, like, the moment was, that like, you find. I was, like, this. It's. I feel like it's how a lot of people would maybe describe, like, the first time they're the Beatles or something. I'm not familiar with the Beatles. I I like the Beatles. Uh, well, you put Wings on here, which is like Paul McCartney. Uh, yeah, and, I don't yeah. even like Paul McCartney or Wings. I just love that song. song that's even greater <laughs> that you love a song just as much and not care for the actual yeah. artist. Um, what makes you love Jet so much? I don't know. No, just the sound. Um, yeah, there's something <laughs> about that song. It just catches, it's, like, it's a good song, it's and so they weird. Maybe, like. What is this? Yeah, and like, I don't know anything about Paul. Like, n- not that I don't know anything about Paul McCartney. I just don't know anything of any of the Beatles side projects. Okay, so I heard that song. I mean, everyone's heard that song. I don't really know that much about Wings either. I just was, like, listening to that fucking song and was like, this song is great. I just always think of that Christmas song that they made. Oh, yeah, I know, and it's terrible. And so then I, for some reason, I got real into this song. It was, like, my song that I would listen to right before I came in the studio for, like, a mm-hmm. month, like, last like year. Like a pump-up song? Yeah, I was, like, I'm going to listen to Jet, run okay. some red lights. I don't ever run red lights. And, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, I read, so I read some article. I'm, like, what the fuck is this song about? Someone has to have dissected this online. It's, like, Paul McCartney. So I, like, go, I, like, start reading about it, and there's, like, I found, like, this one person, Paul claims it's about, like, a pony he had. I find this one person who, like, I forget where I found the article, or Mm -hmm. if there's any truth or reliability to it at all. 
But there is someone on the internet who really thinks that this song is about David Bowie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And, and they a like, great connection of why you right, would like it. They break down the whole lyrics. They're like, he kind of like ripped off David Bowie in like how that song is written. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the song, it sounds like David Bowie songs like of the time. Were they buddies? I don't know. I forget. I think that I'm like, sure they met. I, yeah, yeah, they had to have been some. But sort and of, if like, you think of that in the upper yeah. echelon, if you think <laughs> of that time period, I forget exactly when that song is from. But it's like Paul McCartney is like, oh, I was in the Beatles and now I'm in Wings, which is fine. And I mean, he'll always be fucking Paul McCartney. Like he was taking whether his, or not seventies like, yeah. like, experimental trip with whether or not I like Paul McCartney. As, like yeah, I'm not, like I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Like if someone offered me tickets to like see Paul McCartney, I absolutely it. would. I think that's just with. I think that should be taken. With he was any, in the fucking yeah. Beatles. Like come you on. should just <laughs> like, if you're appreciate if you appreciate music, you should appreciate like. You should at least be open to the experience of seeing, like... Oh, yeah. Like, and I mean, I like the Beatles. The, I... See, I like the Beatles now. It just took me for... It just took me forever. I had, like... Oh, I had, like... I liked the Beatles when I was, like, 10. I liked Kiss when I was 10. That's that totally was, fair. That was my... Kiss is great. I had... You're the... Oh, that makes me heart happy. I almost I, put... <laughs> I, there was almost a Kiss song on that playlist. I would have... It would have made my heart happy because somehow every person I bring on here shits on Kiss in one way or another and it makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, is, and you can shit on Kiss, but like, why? Right? There's no... You just have to accept them for who they are and and just... I mean, also... They're like persona. Some pe- Yeah, some people think that a band with like that kind of like... I guess you would call it like a gimmicky aesthetic Mm -hmm. is like like that somehow like they don't want to necessarily consider that with the music or that detracts from it in some way I've I've had I've I've known people who felt that way about like the flaming lips yeah okay like if you see their if you see them live they're like why do they have to do all this shit they have like, all extra components outside of their actual music. And their music like is, is very yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, how can you not, like, appreciate this? But same like, thing with Guar. You go there for the experience. Yeah. You go to a kid yeah. show for an, an experience. You go to a Flaming Lips And that's, show. sometimes that's part of the thing. Like, yeah. if you need to, like, dress up in this costume to, like, be this thing, like, dress you up in the costume and be the thing. If you want to wear all white and stand at the front of the row and have, like, a weird monster dick spew blood all over you that's what's gonna happen at a horror show you put this you put a grime song on yeah yeah i I love grimes um there would be i listen to grimes pretty heavily Mm -hmm. i only included one song on there because that's the one i'm currently listening to but i've seen her a couple times and i actually chatted with her a little bit um when i was i went out to standing rock a few years back and uh, oh two two and a half years ago and uh, she was interested in helping out. So I was in communication with her when she was kind of putting out calls for what supplies they needed. Yeah. And that was, I felt really cool. I, how was going out to Standing Rock? Like, what was your experience like going out there? It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I wrote a few issues of The Admirer from out there. Oh, you did? And I was actually, I came back here to, um, I was going to sell off some of my stuff. Okay. And buy a printer mm-hmm. and a pickup truck and go back out there and I was going to set up the like secret of the Standing Rock Secret Admire. Oh. And because there was a school there mm-hmm. and I was intending to kind of 
be the writing teacher at the school. Oh, okay. And uh, all, I was going to have the issues compiled by the children at Standing Rock and then kind of send it out to all the info shops and yeah. like bookstores around the country every week to be like, this is what's happening at Standing Rock as told by the children that are here kind of thing. Oh, neat. But it kind of got busted up before I got back there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, honestly, like the other, it, it was the, the local police force and the, the folks in the private security. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was all them. Like, oh, okay. I really, <laughs> they were they were terrible. It just sucks when... They had like plants that they would send over to try and agitate and stuff. Are you serious? Yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> I heard that, especially towards the end before like everything got broken up. It was like during the winter, like people were getting sprayed with hoses. Yeah, and I was there that night. <laughs> really? That, um... It's like 20 degrees out. That's just... There was antifreeze in the water, too, so that it wouldn't freeze in their tanks, so it was toxic. <laughs> That's crazy. On a lighter note, um, <laughs> taking, it, taking it away from the, the really sad stuff, uh, you had Funboy 3. They're one of my favorite, like, new wavy pop, and I didn't think anyone knew of... Okay. Funboy 3. <laughs> I only know about Funboy 3 because of that song. Really? How do you just find these random songs that you're just like, yep, so I like this it's one. that Gogo song. Yep. And um, so that is not a cover. No. Um, he co-wrote that song. Yeah, that I read that. And um, this is just another version of it. And I like I listened to it and I was like, oh shit, this song that I already because I love the Go Go's. Mm -hmm. Like Go Go's are great. That, I love eight, that type of like female. Oh my 80s. god, I love like the production. I love that band. I love how they write songs. Everything about it. So like that, but this it's so different. But it's the same incredible song. And it's like so it's it's really interesting to me that somebody wrote that co-wrote the song like their version of it where you're like oh so this is how that song sounded to this person yeah when they wrote the same exact song and it is that song like it has that's just really like interesting melody. to me yeah but it's like so dark it is it, i like finding covers and like people who originally wrote it and people who made it famous and mm. seeing um, it's the same thing with uh, Robert Hazard in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yeah. Cindy Lauper didn't write it, but like we all know her. And yeah. it, I love Cindy Lauper. Like she's everything I like. I wanted to be her when I was like five years old. <laughs> but uh, have you ever have you seen in the Admire um, Box Brown did a comic about loving Cindy Lauper? No. I, I so I only have three issues. I have oh, June, have July, and August. I think Those that one's were... in like October or November. Oh, okay, yeah. it's in November. Because every time I would go to Martha's, they would no longer have them. And that's, it yeah. just seemed that I was go. I have a massage we'll therapist that's you. like around the corner and she does it out of her house and she's amazing. So I just go to Martha's and get a kombucha afterwards yeah. and mm -hmm. like ride out the high just a little bit that longer. Great. It's great. Um, Martha's an awesome place. Yeah. It is. We like that so place a lot. Cool. I just like the weird stuff that's everywhere. Yeah. It's I like just, their bathrooms. Yeah. Also, their food's right. great. They do. <laughs> they do have great food. They yeah. have great, like, great booze or great good atmosphere. They, they do. Play movies good in the day. food. They do. Yeah, they have a projector that they throw movies up on the wall. Like when, if you go there when they're opening around like four or something. Oh, okay, that's cool. I don't know if it's an everyday thing or if it's official. Or if it's just like a hangout. No yeah. one's in here yet. We're just gonna. Yeah. Also, I like that they have like their vegan options are like. Like, they have, like, the thing that's, like, vegan cheesesteak. Mm -hmm. But they also have this thing that's, like, this is vegan and it's, like, not a vegan cheesesteak. 
The vegan John? Like, just, like, stuff. No, just, oh. like, random stuff that's, like, vegan Vegan, food. yeah. Yeah. I, like... I like fermented things. I yeah. So I'm all so everything that they have on their menu, I'm okay with because I like the what some people would deem gross. No, yeah, Yeah. stuff. But I definitely have. I'm right there with you. Being vegan for so long, I'm just like the grossness does not. There's very few things I find disgusting now at this point. Um, on you also had uh on the playlist coach whips which i didn't hear this is a new band for me out of all the okay coach whips yeah john dwyer oh okay yes so i really i really like john dwyer's music i guess i i'm not as much of a fan of like the ocs anymore the i the last time i saw them they were at the Troc, and it was a good show it's always a good show uh, yeah it is um i i saw them when they had just become the OCs um, oh, after Pink yeah. and Brown, okay, and and Coach Whips, and um, they played a basement show with some friends of mine. This was mm-hmm. I was so young. This, I don't even know if I was like twenty one yet when I saw the show. Like, was it a, a show that you didn't you didn't appreciate until later? No, or were no, you no, no. To this to this day, this. I cite this to this day as like one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. The enti- I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> like everyone there lost their fucking mind. Like not only is that an amazing band, like mm-hmm. I I haven't seen many other performers, let alone in that kind of setting, that can like move a crowd like that. John Dwyer has just this. He's incredible. This energy that yeah. is just absorbent by everyone that's around oh, him. Oh yeah. Just because like. He he's just a no. I don't I don't know other any other word to just say that he's just a noisy guy and he just like puts everything yeah. he has like out there for everyone to like just yeah absorb. But that I like it because both of your playlists I took one song each that I not I might have not known the band from and so Coach Whips was yours and then fulfilling it's great because it fulfills my kind of grungy psychedelic rock that I love a lot. And then uh, I did not know about uh, is it Nana Grizzle? Oh, that's a uh, that's my friend Theo. Oh, really? Yeah, Theo Grizzle. He's from <laughs> Athens, Georgia, too. But yeah, that's a uh, that's a, that's a real roots band for me, just because like I kind of I've seen I've seen all of the people in that band kind of play through a bunch of local like basement show type bands and. Oh, really? And that that one song in particular just really transports me back to kind of like. The bike rides and high fives and like dumpster pizza days of really? like 2006. I I can. It's a real nostalgia capsule for me. I love nostalgia. I love remembering basement shows and I remember. I love like having those certain songs yeah. that are specifically like a time and place that you can once you listen to it like brings you right back there and yeah, it's like the scents and the smells of everything. Uh, they were. Uh, it was great to find them on this playlist. Uh, I appreciate you guys making me this playlist. It was really awesome. Uh, so for the Kickstarter, how many more days do you guys have left? It's like 45. No more. I think it's like okay, 50 46. still. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's like 46 or so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have like 40-ish days left of it. Do you guys have anything that you're like doing to like for people? Um, what are kind of some of the perks that are on the Kickstarter for people to check out? We have a we have a tote bag. You do have a tote bag. 
And we're we're uh, we're releasing our first class of um, Secret Family Publications books. Oh, okay. So we're releasing like five like books. Oh, that, cool. that people can get as prizes. I mean, also the subscription to the magazine, like yeah. you were saying, um, you've tried to get it at Martha and yeah. it, it ran out. Like the issues will always be available for free. Yeah. But I, they they are becoming harder to get for free, and. Yeah, um, you can only put so many out yeah. before the piles go down. Down, yeah. Yeah, and, like, if you want to make sure you get it, the subscription is pretty reasonable for what you get. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of our merch on top of that. There's some new, like, pin... Like a little pin, enamel. Little enamel pin sets yeah. and patch sets. We're also um, selling our ads. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the big one. Is, so pe um, people can buy ad space on the Kickstarter yeah. to help us get yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's that the most important. The ad <laughs> space, of. yeah. Because yeah. that's the one that are, is yeah. a bit more bang for your also, buck, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had an art show at Tattooed Mom a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. A lot of the art that was in the show that didn't sell there will be for sale on the Kickstarter. That is yeah. going to go up this week. Oh, right on. Um, there's yeah, art. From uh, Box Brown, uh, Christine Larson, Roger Bignon, um, I think maybe Kristen Scholes, I think a few other people, Justin Durr, cool. um, some of our original art, yeah. So there's a bunch of art that's about to go yeah. up. Yeah. I I did a, a, a t-shirt one. Oh, I cool. like. Oh, cool. I, I really am a yeah. fan of the pink. Leon. Yep, I'm a fan of the Leon. Uh, and you guys are on Instagram, so you can catch the seltzer stories. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for coming over and talking music. Yeah, thank you. This was nice. Sweet. And yeah, yeah, we have our first issue coming out on, uh, on the Vernal Equinox. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to know before... Why equinoxes and solstices? Why instead not? Of, right, well, I'm well, I'm not against no, it. I'm not against it. <laughs> I'm like I'm like kind of like a like a, a froofy like occult weirdo. I <laughs> so. I embrace embrace the weirdness. Embrace it. Embrace we the fun we, stuff. We um there's magic in the world. There is that we pay attention to, and if stuff like that is where it is, like like it's there. Yeah. And what better day than just like picking like, even though it is quarterly, yeah, it helps it's just the not a, too. it's not yeah. a typical quarter. Yeah, it's your own quarter. You're setting the rules of what your quarter is. And I think like uh, kind of coming up with those loose themes, like, um, it just it kind of writes itself a little if you're going along with the seasons. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>